They're standing at Eden Park. And the first try! It's McKenzie, space again, gets the pass away for Lambertie! And it pops up to Lamo, here we go! And we're back. Uh, welcome on to the official New Zealand Rugby podcast. Yes, this is the connection between those that play the game, those passionate supporters. Incredibly lucky to be uh, joined uh, and behind the mic today by a couple of the, a couple of the game's greats, Jip James Parsons. Welcome along, Chief. How are? Yeah, that's a good intro. I'll yeah. take that. I'll come back. And uh, Big Ben Afiaki, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Really good hey. to be here. And you've got a couple of black caps between you, and you're also, well, now heavily indebted into uh, the Blues franchise. 100 games for not only Harbour, but 100 games for Blues as well. So maybe a quick round of applause for that as well, mate. Great stats. Great stats. Great stats. He's a statesman. Uh, myself, Jay Reeve, yeah. always joined here by uh, Robert Roundy Dunn. How are you, Roundy? Well? Yeah, good, mate. Just trying to keep you on track, trying to keep us uh, some sort of schedule, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, Statsman and all-round banter extraordinaire. Uh, today we're going to be going through things uh, on the rugby calendar, North Island versus South Island. Obviously that's been announced and that's going to be in the mixer. Uh, also, the chat of uh, Union versus League will be on the agenda today and uh, we'll have a look at Super and I guess all around your skills, uh, which we put on show uh, on the weekend, <laughs> the Alfie Langer. Uh, the Alfie Langer grubber to the corner, which was then thrown in perfectly, and then we'll we'll get uh, to that try, uh, possibly a little Dalton, bit later possibly. on. The, yeah, I know, we'll get there, man. We can cover that off. First things first, lads. North versus South, uh, your thoughts on it in terms of it was announced. Uh, the game is going to be on August the 29th, for those people unaware. Um, it's, a great, it's a great thing, uh, but in terms of how the teams are selected, as a player, uh, your thoughts, Jip? I think um, I can see it from both sides. I think the biggest thing is, is like I love the idea of Origin, uh, the league version, and in terms of wherever you're from or wherever you're born or however they do it there, I think that would be great in terms of the school. But if it's just a one-off fixture, and I think with the year we've been through to provide the best product, they've gone with the best avenue. But if it was to continue, then I think they'd have to maybe rethink it and go back to you know, if it's school or where you're born – rather than this situation because then that, that'll create a deeper rivalry um, and then that you know that excitement. And look, some years, even in origin, teams get pumped. Yeah. It's just a reality like, uh, and, and it will be one-sided. But then naturally over time I'm sure it will even up and you know, I think it's, I don't know how many games I've played in origin but it's pretty even. It's one or two games in between so and points scored for and against are pretty similar. So if it was going to continue and be a regular thing, I think they'd have to readjust it. But for what it is this year, I think they've gone down the right avenue to give the people the best possible product. Biggs, um, do you reckon that the South would get pumped? Because I know that Jip's, that's basically what Jip's saying in a nutshell, if we were to Biggs? paraphrase it. Biggs, <laughs> would they? What do you think, Mate, I think they'll battle heavily. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, they'll, they'll probably give up in the end. That's probably why they'll wrap it up. But, uh, <laughs> no, it'd, be good, it'd be good, like Jip said, if it keeps on going and they, they sort everything out uh, correctly. But at, at the moment, it's, it's um, hopefully they get a good crowd in that down there and, and there's a bit of rivalry that starts it up. And if they do it regularly, then... I think a lot more people buy into it and it'll become a more of a, a pattern and you'll see people get behind it, like the state of origin and that. But It's we'll, so, so uncertain, isn't it? Like we, don't, we don't know what the rugby calendar is going to look like even for the next rest year. of this year, let alone yeah. next year. So once we get a bit more certainty in the calendar, we might be able to, to settle on what it looks like. And probably the, the best case scenario for fans, and I imagine players as well, is if we had um, at least one match every single year for now and for the future, then that's the time to settle in exactly what it looks like. But yeah. I think you're right. In the short term, just to have rugby in between Super Rugby um, and the Mitre 10 Cup is, um, you know, that's a good result, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I think also, like, with the North and the South, I think some All Blacks would miss out on selection, which yeah. sort of defeats the purpose going into, you know, preparing or giving the selectors something to choose from. So, yeah, I think it's it's the right decision for now, but it would be great to create some... Rivalry and, and also give guys that might not be All Blacks opportunities for big fixtures like that. I think that would um, create some excitement for and, and another purpose to play if you're outside that All Black mix. Um, a big occasion like that in front of a big crowd would be pretty cool. Does it not just feel, and this is me being a bit of a sadist, does this not just feel like a bit of a, a watered-down All Blacks possibles versus probables? Because it kind of, if you were to look at how they break it all down, it does almost feel like they've got a possibles team versus a probables team when you look at how they've sort of rearranged the rules to kind of suit that. Or am I just out? out not so much now. Thing? Not so much now. If it goes on where you, you know, you're going to have people like the Barretts playing um, down in the south. Um, because Brad Webber's going to be, he started his career down in Otago. So if you look at the two teams, when you when you balance them out, you know, with Albie's going to be 
up north and and but then the Richie Mwanga down, you know, Richie Mwanga versus, you know, um, whether it's Bodie. It's not bad lineups across the board when you are looking at whether lads first played their first professional or provincial game. Yeah, and I think for me being a bit of a I, I pride myself on Palmy loyalty. Palmy all day. <laughs> no, not Palmy. I was, I was there for a month, mate. I'm not sure all, all day. What does it say? I on still want to change my passport. <laughs> no offence to Palmy, but not sure is where I'm where I'm born and raised. I, well, not born, but I wish I was. Um, but um, I think it's like you've got to pay respect to the team that gave you a crack first as well. So I do sure. like it from that avenue. Um, you know, before you were found or before you're an All Black in a suit, that you know that was the province that gave you a lick. So there is an is an element there that I like as well as is repaying that sort of connection to that that province even if you've moved on now. Um, it's a hard one. It's yeah. a hard one. But I personally would like the state of origin way if it was to continue. Yeah, and back in the day, mate, it was actually when they used to play it all the way back in the day. From my extensive research, I've seen that uh, <laughs> you just played for the province you were playing it at the time. So David Coop played some games for Otago, but then he came back up to Auckland and played some games for Auckland. So I think. What's been proposed now is a better system than that, and you know if it changes in the future, so be it. But you know we've definitely got a, a pretty good game of footy lined up on August the 29th with the with the guys who are available. So, speaking, of, we just touched on uh, the 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 rugby league version, the uh, state of origin that's been thrown around. Uh, the kangaroo kangaroos versus the ABs. Uh, Biggs, I know that you would love to march it off the back fence uh, <laughs> and fancy yourself as a Hydro Cassini. Uh, would you have been keen to, to be in the mixer for this? And, and, and even now, Jip, what do you think about um, you know th- that actually being a reality? Do you think that – I mean, you've got some big boys in your team. Like You're looking after the Ford Pack of the Blues, Biggs. There's some big lads in there that would eat that stuff up. Yeah, they'd eat the rugby bit up, I think, but the, the continuous shuttles, I think, will blow half the Fords up, so we might better leave it there, <laughs> But, um, rolling right, subs, you reckon, to get the boys cool, through? Yeah, I would definitely need rolling subs and um, and, and plenty of them. But I think <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good concept that they're trying to get across, and I think it'll be attract massive crowds and be and be good for both codes. But at the end of the day, um, they just have to sort out how they're going to do it and and what's the best way to give uh, both both codes a fair a fair crack at it. If you just said just just <laughs> putting out a concept, if you just said it was a game of rugby league, because all Kiwis. They played rugby league at lunchtime on the field against their mates, taking it off the back fence, as you say, Jay. We all uh, we all have allegiances to NRL teams as young fellas. You know who who mate do you think would rip it up from a rugby perspective? Like you just when you think about it, Big Nelson who plays for the Storm, well Patrick would have to be bigger than him, wouldn't he? He'd be up there. Yeah, man. I, I reckon Bigsy would have been good. He's <laughs> yeah. the fittest man alive. I used <laughs> to beat all our bloody flankers in the fitness test. So I don't think there's, the shuttles would be tough for some, but I think if, if it was just a straight league and it went 13-13, other than me old mate here, you'd probably drop the props yeah. um, <laughs> and probably the hookers, and unless it was Colsey. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see Colsey go because he loves his league. He loves scoring tries like He that, loves just to like a, a yeah, hit in the ground. Niggle, and then, then, then bit niggle. of Kevin Campion and, and him, it, I reckon. That's it, and you need that. Yeah, well, you do, you do. Especially just ask uh, Shane Webke. <laughs> um, but I think it would be great from that aspect just to do, because it's a simpler game. I, I, I think it would be too hard to, because there's versions of one half is rugby and one half is league or it's something like that or you just do f- you know, 40 minutes of one and 40 minutes of the other. I just don't see how league players could do a line out of scrum. No, it just, no. it's, it's not just not feasible. It? So the simplest option is just to do league. Yeah, we, I think the rugby boys might get a bit pacey, but I'd still love to see, um, you know, you know, imagine um, Bodie and, and Richie at, at six and seven, McKenzie, you know, taking yeah. on Tedesco. He might look small in stature, but, you know, he's, he'd be that Billy Slater yeah, sort of yeah, style yeah. fullback. Popping up hard. around the ruck. Um, I'd love to see Matt Duffy back there in the, the, the yeah. rugby side because he'd be able to actually help coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Caleb Clark as well, ah. I think he'd be a good power winger. Yeah. Um, so there'd be a bit, you know, and you know, Rico and ALB mm. in, in the centres. Yeah. You know, there's enough there to do something. And then if you're using guys like, you know, maybe Artie Savir at lock, yeah. um, you know, uh, you could put... Um, some Lucy's in, in the second row and then move move the type five locks, you know, Guzzler and Patty into the props. Sammy Kane for the And then maybe a TJ Perinara or something yeah. in the nine spot. I mean, you, it wouldn't be bad. They'd have to learn the game a little mm. bit, but, you know, you've got enough skill set there to, to to compete, I suppose. A bit more focus now with the new rules and how everyone's adapting to them is just to go to ground, place it, and then everyone sort of stands off. Whereas it used to be, I'm talking like maybe 
10 years ago, the, the ball used to be alive a lot more. There used to be the bounce off the ground. Everyone was always looking for an offload, and that's almost been taken out of the game. It sort of seems that people, or is that the focus of the teams now, to sort of take it to ground and place it? Because you know you're not going to get as many people yeah. sort of committing to those rucks and walls. <clears throat> well, the Chiefs probably, when they won it, changed the ruck quite a lot. I mean, you can speak to that more than me, but, I mean, they were sort of had a theory of napalm. I yeah, think so we train tra- trying to take everyone Apart. out of ruck time and, yeah, and just destroy it, destroy the ruck and go past it and hold on players and that. But it's all kind of been ruled heavily then. Uh, um, now, sorry, I think back then we, we got away with it a wee bit. But so, what was that. it? Talk us through that. What was the process in behind it? Just absolutely. So, anybody around the ruck, I think the rules were back then anyone within a metre can go, can get cleared out of the ruck. So, if yeah. you looked at Brody, oh, yeah. Liam, Let's the old mate here. Almost get cleaned up sometimes. Yeah. yeah. If you turned your back, (laughs) if you turned your back for a second, you'd just get absolutely um, hammered. So I think they changed, you know, 2012-13, and then a lot of teams took up that. Um, I know Tom was still sort of coaching it when he came to Harbour, um, and and you know even sort of recently with the Blues. But now these new rules, it's sort of taken that because you've got to be on your feet, and you will see a that style you talked about about ten years of, of keeping the ball alive and not so much of a collision. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm finding with the lads is is because of those sort of car crash collisions aren't happening at the breakdown, you're actually not feeling that as right. sore as you were. There's less scrums less with, these, scrums, with yeah. these new rules. You can actually notice a difference on the body. So I suppose that's what they're trying to achieve is, is to make the game faster and more free-flowing and less collisions and entertaining. You'd have to say for the most part it, it's working because teams are kicking a bit more. And we're getting a few more lineouts, less scrums, which frustrates people. We love them, absolutely yeah. live for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it can't, it can't go. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's aspects of it that they're achieving what they want to achieve, but it's a fine line, mate. That's a good opportunity to flick to a bit of bit of super chat. Well, a match that had everything. Some brilliant attacking play. Some tremendous defence, but oh, what tension in the second half! But the Blues win it twenty-seven to twenty-four. You know, this you're in the you're in the headlines a lot at the moment. The boys are going well. Like you've made a great start. You're playing well before um, lockdown, but you've come out of lockdown and good nick. You won three on the bounce. Um, you know, in your opinion, as someone who's been around the Blues for a hell of a long time, you know what's working. Is there anything that's sticking out um, that you think shit? That's that's um, that's really working for us at the moment. Um, oh. There's a couple of things, you know, it's, there's a lot of variables and success. I actually spoke to Andy Ellis, um, we're doing a thing on uh, Sky for a bit, and he actually said to me, I was like, what, are, you know, what when will you know? And he goes, you just don't actually know when it yeah. turns a corner, it doesn't feel any different. You know, you're never not working hard. It almost feels like the biggest thing I can say is everyone in the building's aligned and working in the same direction rather than maybe in the past we weren't all aligned. Everyone was working really hard and almost trying too hard because you want that success, but there was not that connection. Um, And I I feel like between management, front office staff, and that's where COVID was even, I think we've come back post-COVID better as a group because we had such great connection with our front office staff, the team, the management, and and it's sort of like a real family hub. Um, And you you really got purpose and, and a willingness to work for each other. And, and that's probably the biggest difference. I think we've got great coaching. Um, I think we're led extremely well by Paddy. He's, he's doing a great yeah. job. Career best um, form, really, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and he's just, he's just going from strength to strength, and he's, he's comfortable in his own skin. And we had a, um, a great session at the start of the year around how we wanted to live and how we wanted to be. Um, and, and, you know, all the sort of stuff around the pink hair. I don't think you would have seen that because we wouldn't have thought it was right. Yep. Mm. But it's what's right for us and it works for us, and, and, and I think for guys to be able to be themselves, that's how you're going to get the best footy out of them. So there's those sorts of changes, but the biggest thing is I just feel like we're going in the right direction, together, aligned and working hard. Kept the uh, hair colour out of the front row, lads. That's, um, I'd know. lose mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think mine would go back. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I've got about uh, three hair cast left, so hence the hat. <laughs> you're the mate, I'm, I'm in the same <laughs> yeah. position yeah. at the moment. I'm going to straight Izzy Dags once I retire. <laughs> I'm gonna just get start plugging it up. <laughs> What's it, just talk to us about the talk to us about the hair because there are some crook lids in Super at the moment. I mean, there's some crook lids across the board, uh, but none more so than probably what's been running the Blues at the moment. Yeah, well, Sam Knox has had his for a while. 
He's been yeah. running a dirty mullet. Good Northlander. Yeah, um, so. But it all started in lockdown, I think. Maybe almost Justin that. Bieber did it or something. Yeah, almost then. that uh, documentary as well. With yeah, Rodman, oh, Rodman and, and uh, that. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of the boys have come back pretty flamboyant. So. Yeah, and then I think um, there wasn't too many, but then I think Aki and Reeks jumped on it. And then Paddy, I think his partner Phoenix, quite liked the pink hair that he did in lockdown, so he kept it. Like like we all do, we just listen yeah. and yeah. play by the rules. Um, just, he might be captain percent. at the Blues, but he doesn't sound like he's captain at home. Yeah. Um, increase that percentage, yeah. just keep the high percentage plays yeah. at home and, uh, and, um, and on the paddock. But I, I honestly think like that's a sign of our growth in, in, in terms of an organisation. Sometimes you feel like you've got to be something you're not um, to please people, but it, it makes it easy, obviously, when results are happening. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, I just think, I don't know. I think it's a cool thing that is, you know, you're not going to probably get at other clubs, and, and we've got to own that. I think it'd be, like you said, it'd be nice, it's nice that you are winning, you're getting those results. If you guys are on the back foot and getting pumped, and this, and not even saying that the Chiefs are getting pumped at the moment, they had a, they've been there or thereabouts in every game, but if you were three losses on the trot, and you had that haircut, that'd be the first thing that people in Auckland would be asking to be changed. Well, look at that, they're just spending too much time at the barber. It's amazing how the public can all of a sudden change their minds as soon as a couple of wins go. You look at that first game back at Eden Park and the number of people that turned out for that. That so was good. like an all-black test. Is that like when the boys run out in front of that sort of crowd, are they feeling that pressure now as well that every win gets harder with every win that you're stacking up because sometimes when people are expecting nothing of you, it's easier to perform. Yeah, I don't know. I think we've created a lot of internal pressure. That's one thing Rangi doesn't want us. He doesn't want us motivated by things outside of an environment. We just want to be motivated to be better than the day before, and, it, and it's that that willingness to compete every day has been um, something that he constantly refers to um, and not getting complacent. So, look, we're getting challenged every day um, by, you know, as I said, our coaching staff, but as leaders we're challenging the group. Um, so I think you've if you don't have that internal pressure, then if you're relying on things like that to motivate you, it's not always going to be there. So it's... I think you know, if you look at the Crusaders, why they've had so much success is they're just consistent in terms of their prep and, and their emotions, you know, not too high or low. It's just about getting the job done and, and the business. So I think that's the biggest thing is it's day for day by day for us. I don't know if you'd agree, Biggs, but we can't get ahead of ourselves yet. Nah, so there's still a lot of, I guess, uh, not pressure, but just on the boys for themselves to, to do their jobs and perform a week in, week out. and. And just constantly try to get better. So we want to be a great, a great team. And uh, we also had a big emphasis on getting the community involved in that at the start of the year and, and paint the city blue, which is you're seeing a lot more flags around, a lot more blues jerseys. And it brings back that feeling a lot of us talked about when we were young, going to Eden Park and watching a game in the terraces, you know, with an almost packed up stadium. So uh, the, the boys are definitely embracing it as well. But at the same time, we, we, we you know, set goals to do a job and, and everyone's working towards those goals. So... It's been um, it's been pretty unreal for the whole community as well coming out of lockdown, but a reward from them as well. I think they're enjoying coming to the games and seeing life. You know the the boys do well live, and and I guess for the boys it's it's a bit of a reward every week. You know when they get a big crowd like that. So um, I think a lot of the boys haven't seen that as well. The younger boys, so they're really enjoying it. Um, when was it last sold out the Lions? Lions game. Well, wow. six, seventeen, two thousand seventeen. But that's the f- only time I've seen it as well, yeah. and I've been yeah. here nearly twelve years. years <laughs> so, it's um, I, I, it was amazing for me. I remember round one, just looking at the crowd, and and then obviously the standing ovation they gave. Um, yeah. and then again the other night, um, you know, with the helicopter coming over, you know, it gives you tingles just talking about it now, and it's that's your utopia. Yeah. You, know, mm. you see the sea of blue at Eden Park. That's what I grew up knowing. Yeah. Uh, coming to see, so it's. Yeah, and COVID's helped that obviously because there's a lot more interest in the game and a lot more willingness to come. But I think it's that's what COVID's done. It's been a good reset for everyone involved in the game to provide a better product, but also get along and enjoy the product. Something a little bit out of the ordinary was it your call to be um, to be scrumming with towing your trucks around and that sort of thing? Was that something that you came up with, or is that something that the boys developed on their own? I didn't see you pulling yours. So you not been pulling yes. your own weight. <laughs> There's a little bit of chat for uh, the, the strongman do a lot of that, eh? So I think yeah. that's where Offer might have got it from in a conversation. <laughs> but no, nah, the, the boys uh, he he just obviously likes to try to be creative and. and um, I think his brothers are all welders and, and uh, engineers, so yeah. I think he's teed it up pretty good. I think he talked to Tom about it, and yeah. I think Biggs has been a little bit humble. He, he had a part to play in it, but um, you know, Offer is into that strongman stuff, so he started it. Um, but he, I think he's just trying to get a Ford for life. 
So he's really <laughs> yeah. gone down that third party well, angle. Well, and, and, it's just uh, a smart, smart he's, play. He's, I just think it's a smart play. A smart if play. I could move the car, I'd yeah, do it. Yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. I struggle with the moving part, so yeah. it's not quite impressive. Yeah, it's beautiful. But, mate, another thing with the Blues at the moment <laughs> is um, so many things are going well, which is great. Um, and, you know, there's some big names coming in the mix, which get a lot of headlines like Bodie and DC. But it's the young boys that are, that are standing out. You know, it's pretty exciting for the area to have, um, you know, born and bred products coming in your team and playing really well. Caleb Clark, um, you know, running the most metres so far this season. Um, Hoskins what a great kid. I mean, yeah, yeah mate. Yeah. He's a good man. Awesome and Satutu hasn't, well, he is an absolute workhorse. He is, and he's just come of age. Like, he's just, again, it's, I think it comes back to the environment created. He's comfortable being himself. Maybe he hasn't in the past and he was a bit quiet, but now he's, you know, he's talking in meetings and he's, you know, standing up and, and asking questions. And I think it's just been a good growth of all our young guys. Um, but I think, there's, there's one guy in the centre of it that I think um, sort of goes under the radar uh, and he's he's sort of like the chief, I, I, I call him, is TJ Fahani. He's he's oh, yeah. such a great oh. leader and, and, and a leader of men. I think he, he really um, connects well with everyone in the group but really drives those young men uh, to be better and he's he's like our unsung hero. He doesn't get all the spotlight or, or the yeah. headlines but he's the guy that always makes extra tackles. He's always the midfielder that splits and sprints to the other side of the field um, you know, those little things that they feed off and, and learn off him is massive. So those young boys are going really well, but they've got some pretty strong leaders um, in our group that, that are putting them in the right direction. I've heard massive things about him before, actually. big part of getting the Auckland team um, their first title in a long time as well, which I think he was captain of, and I've heard numerous people say exactly what you've just said, that he was a, a massive part of, of getting the culture right in that team, and, and they had... You know, winning that competition for the first time in years, and then to hear he's carrying that on within the bigger environment, the Blues is is awesome to hear. And you know, him alongside probably Patrick, who's having his best season today. Geez, he can hit that guy, can't he? Like oh, yeah. he Just is. Ask, it's a bit. It's a big carcass to run. It's a, it's a I always say to that when the coaches are doing three team drill, I'm like, just put me with Paddy and offer, please. Put me with Paddy and offer. <laughs> that gives me another year or two, oh, mate. But one we thing we just talk, before we go, we were talking about uh, we we're talking about Desi and Bodie coming. Has it kind of almost been like what they've brought to the team is probably more camera lenses and uh, and people wanting autographs. Have they have they added the value that you thought as a group that they would? Because I mean, obviously he's copped it. It was so good to watch uh, Dane. Run through him and then pick him up and drag him into that into that sort of canes little. I don't know what Scrafton was joining that for. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mate, just focus on lineouts. Less yeah. time bloody looking Get out for of that, there, buddy. And Jackson got a mashup. I think he was celebrating like, "Thank you, you yeah, left. Yeah, Cheers, yeah, I got yeah, a chance." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think Colsey had the right, but outside of that, I don't know the rest of them. Yeah. Um, is it is it, is it been good having those lads in the mix? Obviously, uh, Desi's just running water at the moment, and he's doing a lot more than that. And uh, what is he doing? He's he's. Joined like as a mentor in our leadership uh, group, and he's. Well, I don't want to go into specifics exactly because go into specifics. He, 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 won't, like that. he <laughs> won't like that. But he's been massive, just in changing our thinking, and 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 I think going back to what you said before about okay, how do we prepare again? How do we do it again? How do we do something special that a, a Blues team hasn't been able to do for a long time, and gets us thinking, poses questions twenty four sevens on on us leaders. Um, to m- make sure that we are challenging and we are competing every day. And, and I think it's not something that we don't do naturally, but when you've got a guy of 100 tests, everyone listens, you know, and, and it's it's gold. Um, so he's he's doing a lot of work for us behind the scenes as leaders, which is filtering down to the group. The rest of the group might not always see it, but um, a lot of the stuff that's uh, making us better as leaders is through him. And I just think Bodie's been... Um, the ultimate professional in terms of the way he turned up, the way he's performing, and and he's all about the team. It's not about, you know, Bowden's come to Auckland and, and he's going to set things alight. It's whatever's best for the team he's doing, and that's you can see that in the way he plays. If it's on for someone else, he will put that person in a hole. If it's him who has to bust ass back, he'll do that. So um, he, he those boys are offering plenty in terms of a, a picture of what professionalism looks like, but also what it looks like to be a true team player. Um, and, yeah, they've come from other clubs, but they've bought into the Blues culture and, and added to it already, which has been massive. Speaking of uh, being a true team player, probably no more so than yourself, last weekend uh, really showed this or showed a skill set that you've got, the um, the Alfie Langer into the corner. Is that going to allow the Blues back into the game? Kick ahead from Parsons, knocked down by Hunt. Well, he's done well. He's done really well. 
I'll tell you what, my heart was in my mouth because I actually didn't see Mitch Hunt. I, I, was, I think it was... Um, That's because uh, you're not a first five. Yeah. No, no, no. But uh, the player that was in front of me was actually a big unit and, and I didn't see him in the backfield and I just saw someone coming across and I was like, oh, it's on here. Gave a little nudge and then I popped round and I was like, oh, no. There's, there, there's Mitch Hunt. And thankfully, he, it, was, it popped up. It got a nice little bounce for me and popped up and... It worked out, but I tell you what, if it hadn't, it would have been a tough review with uh, Leon, I'd say, um, <laughs> especially when there's two guys free outside me. But uh, yeah, again, I I don't know why I did it, but I just saw an opportunity and, and did it. A great passage of play. Then you go into the line-out, uh, obviously <coughs> still sweating bullets after a kick that could have gone pear-shaped. Oh, yeah. Uh, nailed that, and then it's a, it was there for a three-peat. It was all on. It was basically <laughs> you set it up um, and then fed it again, and then all what happened? All week. <laughs> what happened? Tom Coventry, Dalton, seven slides over two. We get two over the line because that's our system. All week. And I'm coming around the corner, I can see the line, and, and I spin, and I'm like, yeah, beauty. And then all of a sudden I've got these mitts ripping them off me, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, and I was like, I can't. Get into a, uh, I don't know, if we can't <laughs> yeah. swear on here, but a fight, a fight over the ball with my own teammate because then it's likely to spill out and we'll knock it on. Um, so I let him have it, and you should have seen this. When I looked at him on the ground, I was like, you thief. <laughs> you absolute thief. He's like, sorry, Chipper, sorry, Chipper. Oh, Chipper. Um, and Tom Tom said to me after the game, he was like a stolen dog like in, yeah. in the shed afterwards, but I'll make him buy me a few boxes of beer for that, I think. Hey, rightly so too. That yeah. was good. Because how many how many times you slid across the line this season? None. <laughs> and my daughter was born. It would have been a great way to see her in. Oh, the grubber will do. Hey, one thing that's um, been noticed is you know a few new interpretation to the laws post COVID um, that the rest come down pretty hard. But like sixty penalties in round one, fifty penalties in total round two. We're down to thirty three now. So the lads are adapting. They're starting to. Um, you know, adapt to those interpretations of the laws from the refs and, and we're probably seeing a, a faster, um, cleaner game because of it. Like you're saying, the old carcass is not quite as ruined at the end of the game. Probably some of that is to do with the law interpretations. Yeah, and I suppose you can take over because the coaches have been driving us hard on, on training it better. Yeah, what is it, how is it, how did you pick them up and then how do you sort of spill that out to the players? What's the what's the word from you? So I think the main thing was the players getting used to it. So old habits like we talked about before, the rucks, um, cleaning out, coming off your feet or slightly a little bit and, and our sharp lines just um, not so sharp anymore but still getting through the entry gate and, and, and moving bodies but ending up on our feet. But uh, I think that the main one is that the refs as well, they've, they've adapted pretty well. You know, the first couple of games they were probably on edge a bit and, and making calls or whatever they saw, which yep. you know was probably not always right. But at the, at the end of the day, they, they're, they're all keen to get the game flowing as well and learning. So that's probably why we see the count coming down 60, then, then 50, then 30. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I think that all the teams are trying to, the teams that adapt, adapt fastest are probably going to do the best in the comp. So everyone wants to get it right, including the refs. And um, I think you know just the way that we, we train in that, uh, the little drills we do, and, and and also Tana refing, you know, ref, he refs pretty hard out. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's me in the red. There's probably a lot of arguments at training that, that aren't really heard of. But um, yeah, I think the the way we train, uh, we, we train to the, the new rules, and, and it's working out well. So as long as the boys are disciplined and, and they keep reminding themselves and doing their little work ons after training, and that which the boys are great at, then I think uh, that the rules the rules really suit us. So. Is that is that a result as not so many people being committed? To that space that you end up having hookers in the back line grubbering for corners now. Is that something I mean? Is this got something more that, energy, mate? Yeah, it's got more energy, right? Does um, it need to be addressed? No, I, I, the way I see it, I think the players have adjusted really well to the offside. Yep. And the refs have adjusted well to the breakdown. The players yep. are, are trying to work hard on the breakdown, but I think the biggest thing from week one to week three was if it didn't affect the game, yep. then they probably let some go. Um, if it affected the game and it was blatant, then they're, they're yep. pulling it up. So I think both parties have, have come to the party, so to speak, um, around those sort of offside in that breakdown area. Should we climb into a uh, climb into a little bit, probably wind the clock back a little bit. Don't forget your roots, my friend, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The way that the, the schedule is now placed, there is a lot more opportunity for people to be playing a bit of club footy, and uh, and we've seen that especially over the last weekend. What sort of involvement, Jip, and then to you, Biggs, do you still have with uh, your club? Do you do you have much at all? Have you has that increased or decreased as you sort of progressed? Um, well, I suppose it's increased from a point of view of helping them out around jerseys and um, speaking gigs and and probably create an avenue to generate some money for them. Um, 
but in terms of the coaching, I used to help out a lot more probably at the senior stuff, whereas now I'm all junior really based, um, going to help out the young players. And I think it's because it's a little bit easier. Um, you can make it a little bit more simplistic. And, and if you go to the senior stuff, you don't want to be stepping on coaches' toes that, you know, the, the systems we play at Super are, are different to clubs. So if you're invited in there, you'll help out, but you've you know you've got to mind you got to fit into their environment, whereas when you're dealing with kids, you just yeah. they just want to play footy and they just want to learn a few things and have a few photos, really. So those are the sort of things that I help out. Um, I help out at Tackle. I've got a lot of mates up at East Coast Bays as well, and Tackle will probably hate hearing this, but I, <laughs> I help them out as well. Cause, He's uh, always there. seen him there every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, running the oranges. It's um, But it's good fun. Like, I, like clubs where it all started, and I used to get such a buzz being at Tacker and, and watching Oz and, and Rushy and that and, and yeah. Lammy um, run around and then be ball boy for them in the afternoon. So they don't quite get those opportunities anymore. So if we can show face on a Wednesday night after school for them, um, it's something pretty easy because I live close to the club. Um, but I don't ever sit in the market, wait for an invite. They yeah. just stomp on down there. Righto, kids, let's go. <laughs> and obviously, uh, you know, congratulations. You're a new dad. This is all exciting stuff. Biggs, well, you're a new dad as well. At this rate, you'll probably be uh, driving a Toyota low self-esteemer at some stage, <laughs> filling it absolutely up to the gunnels. It's what's two under two? Yeah, two under two. So we had uh, Aria, our youngest one, uh, just before lockdown. So it's actually worked out well. So got to stay home and do, do everything and help out a bit. So it was good. I, uh end up being more of the two-year-old at the moment so yeah the, the other ones are heavily reliable relying on uh, mum but otherwise it's good mate two two kids it's good and they're both pretty chilled eh? two girls as well so take after dad yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do, i mean that's the other thing too that there must be an expectation now uh that you know any spare time that you've got because it is an all-consuming and it's and i suppose that it, you've fallen into a really great space where there's not so much overseas travel. You actually get to be around. Uh, you actually get to be a father, which are, you know, which a lot of professional sports people don't often get in your position. It must be nice to actually, actually be there because uh, you're needed. Yeah. yeah. Now, how how good is how good is sleep? Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I can now see why Carl, uh, big Carl, turns up about five a.m. at the at the HQ and jumps in the beds. <laughs> I think he just goes, "Look, training's early. I'm, I'm going." And he just finishes off his sleep at training. Until uh, the first meeting, but um, yeah, it's it's great to be around. Like I mean, I'm only a weekend, so I'm a, a boy in short shorts. But um, yeah, it's 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 good fun, a perfect time for me with a buy because uh, I can you know help Sam get into a little bit of a routine and um, you know. But it, they are pretty reliant on mum. Yeah, uh, you feel I'm just doing nappies and dishes and washing and just the stuff that is niggly really for for Sam to do as well as breastfeeding and stuff. But it is um you know there's. COVID's been difficult in a number of factors, but it has there has been some positive sides to it, like you say, giving um, new fathers like yourselves opportunity to be at home with your kids. But also, in the weekend, Artie Severe turning out for uh, Oriental Rongatai. Um, unfortunately, all the sevens has been cancelled for the year. The two sevens teams, the circuits are, are done and dusted. Well, they've won. So they've won, so we'll take that. <laughs> yeah. uh, take the title, but it means um, guys like Joe Weber, Regan Weir, turned out for Rangiulu down in the Bay of Plenty in the weekend. Kelly Brazier, you know, um, one of the top women's players, turning out for Rangatawa. Um, I know, was it Shooter? Um, Shooter Sean was playing for Northcote on the weekend. Yeah, they mm. played on the shore for Northcote. So while, um, you know, some things are a bit uncertain, it's this is a great opportunity for a lot of the lads. You at Takapuna, you at uh, Harbour Maris, is it? Is yes, it Biggie? It's, there's a few windows to get back in and help where it all started, and club rugby is just so important to the professional game, isn't it? Yeah, look, and I hope it gets back to club rugby's the avenue. Yeah. Um, a little thing about first fifteen. I've got to be careful, obviously. Yeah, uh, but you're a thinker. You're a yeah, thinker, JP. Can uh, I just uh, just say to maybe uh, tip a little bit of petrol onto that? There are a lot of kids that come out of first fifteen footy with a highlights reel on YouTube, expecting a massive super contract, and if they don't get it, I'm going to possibly look at other avenues and other codes. And I think it's almost changed the mindset because there is like. I don't know if there's there's just younger and younger and younger players getting super contracts straight out of the back of school or getting pulled into that funneling system. But I think as a result of that, you just you're really missing that the the foundation of the game, which was what, what's always been there. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, on Yeah, and I, I feel like they um, you, you come out because it's so hyped and it's on TV and and look, it's a great spectacle and it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's enjoyable uh, for sure. But I'd love to see. Um, you know, say if they just played the finals of fifteen, and, and then they did like a best club yeah. team in New Zealand, and they you know had that on TV because then it, it gives people the incentive to stay in the game and yep. and probably not look down on club like it's a yeah. stepping stone that you've got to skip, and if you don't skip it, you haven't made it. That's that's how I feel. A lot of young guys, it's like oh yeah, club, you know, 
you know, oh, I'm going to risk my body, you know, I want to make Harbour or I want to, you know, like, mate, you should be wanting to play yeah. three games a weekend. Yeah. You know, so I just think clubs, this could be a prime opportunity to get them back in the forefront of parents' mind and understanding that they've got a massive role to play to getting your son to be that All Black or whatever it is, um, or, you know, or daughter, um, to be the Black Fern, you know, because it's a pathway that I feel, you know, outside of Big Carl, um, you know, he should be the poster boy of, of showing it as a genuine pathway and, and there should be excitement around it, not sort of, oh, if I haven't made the academy, I'm leaving the game. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because there's yep. so much talent that leaves the game because they feel like there's no no sort of career opportunity. But so many of us develop, like if I had that, I, I, w- I wouldn't have even played for Harbour, you know, yep. so it's... It's definitely something that needs to adjust. We talked to Lenny about it as well, and there's just a, there is a difference um, that I guess, and this is me for having never played any uh, decent level of code, but there is something about because I've I've loved smashing tins in a shed after a game <laughs> with the boys, which is kind of, and not that it's all about that, it, but it, there is a certain amount of leaning in a in a venue such as a club room with a bunch of people surrounded by memorabilia and years and years and years of players that have that have leant against the same leaner and had those same conversations and and sort of heckled their mates about butchering tries or you know if it was a if it was at a club level what happened to you on the weekend and Dalton uh, had stripped oh, you over the line uh, he'd be uh, boat racing yeah, exactly. for the I mean, night that, and that's kind of <laughs> and that is sort of something that that is sort of something that often goes missed that there's that's where that camaraderie is really built is at that club level and and I think those people that have those really strong ties to the club can carry them through and bring that cult, they bring that culture into a, into the bigger franchise as well. Yeah, on a story like that, I think like even for me, it matures you a little bit. Um, so I came into Tacker obviously around eighteen, and I think we were in Harbour Academy, and I might have worn a Harbour top or something one night. I can't remember, but it fired up Marty Veal, who was <laughs> ten years older than me, and um, he just picked me up, you know, spear tackled me, and he goes, "Mate, you're at Tacker now." We don't need to know you're at Harbour. You wear your tacker kit, and it's just little things like that that just it gives you life lessons and and you know toughens you up a little bit. And you know at the time I would have been spitting tacks like, but but when you look back on it, you know those are all things that you learn from seeing you guys like that and that club rugby sir that that sort of sets you up to be one a, a better player but a better leader yourself when you go into other environments. Do you notice that in the in the forward pack? Obviously, the tightest group in any team is is the is the big bodies, those guys that are kind of spread from. I guess you've probably what you've got at the moment is sort of a bit more of an Auckland centric or a bit more of a centralised setup. But if you get some of those guys from way up north or that have that have joined the franchise from outside of uh, outside of town, or even when you get into that AB's frame. And those different sort of perspectives of things, because it's nice being in this little Auckland bubble that we all live in uh, currently. But it is it's it is an infusion that you get from outside of that, which comes from the deep regions. that makes you go, well, this this makes it feel a little bit more club. Yeah, Tom, Tom Robinson probably brings that a little bit to the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> he's, brings uh, a lot. Yeah, fun <laughs> boy. So he's he's got that kind of the, what you just spoke about that aura about him, and uh, it is it is good for the boys. Eh? He often talks about running club nights and. And similar stuff to what Club Footy does, and it really it does engrave a little bit of uh, a culture in, in, in the team, which uh, previously we haven't really had. But um, Club Rugby obviously has been a big stepping stone for, for both me and uh, JP's career as well, and, and I think that's why uh, we have similar thoughts on how, how important it is going forward. If we were just to, just to peel it back, obviously you've you've gone from lacing up the boots to be a player, and now you've you've gone through that transition to... Uh, to being a part of the coaching staff, how was how was that for you? Was it a hard decision to make? Because I know we've known each other for years now, and that uh, seeing you get up uh, to the AB's level, and then to be taken out of the game, and then to work on yourself, and then to build businesses and sell businesses, and then return to the game. Did you ever think that when you hung up the boots and walked away from the game that you would be back in the capacity that you are now? Was that always the plan or is it? Nah, no way. So I, I, yeah, I, after rugby I got into a bit of business and then got out of that and I was always helping out a wee bit at Harbour um, just because I enjoyed it and wanted to give a little bit back. And then uh, Tana actually called up one day and uh, I actually had a conversation to Jip after the, the phone call. You know, I asked Jip around, uh, you know, what he'd think if I came in and helped out and and uh, from from someone like that, you know, uh, giving you feedback, saying it'll be awesome to have you in, and that gave me a little bit of confidence. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have done it because you know feel a bit weird, you know, giving a guy like a guy like Jip that you've played most of your footy with career with a bit of a coaching and uh, advice and stuff. But he probably helps me out more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does all the coaching, and I just sit there and watch. Yeah. <laughs> He's too humble, mate. Yeah. 
What's he like as a chip, as a as a, you know as a former or as a friend and as a former um, teammate now as and now as a coach? Is that's a special relationship? Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like Bigsy's got a great ability to connect with everyone, and and I suppose deliver a message that is sort of insulting, but it doesn't feel insulting, <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. Like, and that's what all great coaches do, is they deliver it in a way that you almost think it's your idea. Yeah. By the end of the conversation, you're like, yeah, yeah I was thinking that anyway. But you, you didn't. But I think that's why the boys love him. And the biggest thing as well is he's done the business. So it's similar to what I was saying with Dan before. When you've done the business and, and you've put your body on the line no more than me old mate, uh, you have that respect instantly, so what he what he says sort of goes. But I think he's a new age coach in the sense that you're in, you're really inclusive. He's inclusive, like in any decisions, we talk about everything. He doesn't go, "This is the way it's going to run." It's more, "What do you guys think? Will this work for you guys? Will this prepare you best for Saturday?" These are the reasons why I think it isn't. So it's that inclusive sort of coaching mentality, and and that's why it sort of works for us as a group. Does it feel like a little bit because this is the, I've I've never seen anyone find his start button. But I just don't think you'd find a stop button. Once he went, like he's a very big, <laughs> gentle giant. But when he goes, you just know that it won't stop. Yeah. Is that the, sort of the vibe that you get as well? No one really wants to push him to that edge where they where they find where he starts, where the curtains drop down, where oh, he, no. he becomes uh, his good friend, Jared Hoyata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old hair trigger. Um, <laughs> no, um, no I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you can get like that as a coach, and I don't think it's in... And Bigs, like, I think there's definitely times he's frustrated, probably with me as well, you know, I've always got too much to say. Um, but it's it's having that time to step away and, and then come back to the conversation because, you know, that's sort of player's role is, um, you know, losing the call and, and, and that sort of stuff. So, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, you've got a pretty good control. I've never seen him angry <laughs> except for when he crossed the white line and you're playing with him or against him. <laughs> um, outside of that, he's he's pretty chill. What about the other lads that um, obviously you've got you've got a few old heads in the in the in the mixer as well? It must help having that on your side as well. You're getting a point across and having it backed up by the likes of Jip. Yeah, it's awesome. So they're all pretty uh, they're all pretty open to feedback and, and learning, and they oft, often offer uh, good ideas. And uh, I guess we just got to manage them and put them all into the same one. So at least we, when we go into a game, we have the same same plan, and it's not changing out there. Else we scratch our heads, but yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> We've done these, that to him a few times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's not what we train. I mean, these, these guys all got, um, you, know, you know, goals to, to make um, higher teams and, 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 you know, do have well uh, really good careers, which um, we're pretty lucky to be able to coach, you know, the amount of talent we have in our forward pack. So um, with, with that all said, um, I think these boys these days are pretty professional in, in regards to getting feedback and moving forward and trying to adapt uh, to, to opposition. And that's the thing. We could train all week for something and um, – the team might throw something completely different at us, which was happened a couple of times, and they're, they're world-class at adapting and, and you know working out on the field, which is at the end of the day, that's what we want because at uh, the end of the day, we're not, we're not out there. We don't know what's happening in the scrums until we have a good look at it and, and around the park as well. So the faster they can adapt by themselves and have a chat out there, which we try to drill into them, and they, they, they're really good at it, is, um, the better they are as people and, and team players. So it's good. We're talking about uh, life after footy, for Biggs, Jip, for you, obviously at, uh, what are you, 33, 34 yeah, now? 33, mate. 33, looking young. And and arguably, with, I mean, all three of us said it before this, that you're probably playing the best code of your life. Surely you're not you're not looking anytime soon to be hanging up boots. You did mention that every contract you get is a treasured contract, and obviously with the addition of uh, a wee one, it could be a, a good time to change your stance on where you see yourself and, and what you're thinking about playing. But the carcass is looking good. <laughs> I mean, the lid's still there. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to be giving Izzy a bell just yet. What yeah. are you? Th- are you going to stick around? Are you going to keep pushing, or are you looking at pivoting and going into a bit more of a business role? Um, well, I've got one more year to run with the Blues, so um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, if I'm honest, like I've I've always because it it hasn't always been guaranteed my rugby career. I've always prepared really hard for life after rugby, um, and and all sorts of avenues. So. I'd love to stay in the sport somewhat. I uh, really enjoy the media side of it. I really enjoy um, the business and the commercial side of the rugby organisation as well. So around those sorts of options, if there's something that, you know, maybe doing both or um, it's almost like you have to retire to be able to have yeah. those discussions because you can't, yeah. you have to commit so much of yourself to, especially as a leader and, and a senior member in Super Rugby and, and even when I go back to Harbour, you have to commit pretty much every minute of your life 
um, because that's what's expected and that's what you're paid to do. So uh, it's it's a hard one, but um, you know it will be scary if I once you do it. But I, I feel, as I said, I've prepared as best as I can. I couldn't have done any more outside of footy to try and. But I, it's still going to be a challenge when it comes. When it comes, I don't know. I've got one year to run, um, and I think I'm just taking it um, one year at a time at the moment and uh, see see. I think it's more mentally. I think the body will be fine, but um, when you you know the more success, the the easier it will be to stay. Um, but it certainly does take its toll mentally when you know you have to be that light or that that person, you know, driving standards for for a long time. Um, so it's a balancing act, and it's got to work for my family as well. And if Sam wants to get back to work and, and it's a better fit, then that'll play its part as well. You both though, um, you know, you've both been lucky enough to to put on the black jersey as well. Um, just chat that chatted about that a little bit. How did it uh, how did it come about? Can you remember the time when? Um, you got the call or you got the thumbs up that you were going to be having a run around and is it do you look back on it now as the career highlight yeah um absolutely um i was playing for the barbers in, in the uk and um i knew it was a big game like a, a, we're both good mates with woody and you know he 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 knew i had the ability to play at that level and um he just said you need to get an opportunity at international rugby level to, to show that and so, although Barbars is a is a exciting week, and and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the week um, from off field stuff, but I probably took it a lot more serious than others uh, because I knew it was my one opportunity against the Wallabies at Twickenham to actually show right, you know, I can actually play at this level. One, give myself the confidence, but two, give coaches the higher honours confidence, and um, you know, managed to have a good good game. And then Nathan Harris unfortunately injured his leg against the Eagles that night. And we were sort of enjoying ourselves afterwards and everyone was like, oh, you're going to get called up. And I was like, oh, mate, no chance. Um, you know, carried on. Um, and, yeah, eventually got called in and managed to train well, which I think gave myself a chance. Probably got called in to hold a few tackle bags. Yep. But I, I knew if I trained really hard and, and showed that I could deliver on the training field that they might give me a lick. And they managed to do so and didn't expect it to be a start. Um, and Shag actually told me after the England test in the in the lift, um, you know, uh, on the way back from the game, and I, I didn't know how to take it. I was at the time. That's a weird way. That's a weird way to deliver it. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, are you ready to go next week?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I'm ready. I'm ready." Yeah, and like even though I was 26 or 27, like I was nervous as hell in that environment. Yeah. So, um, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you'll be playing next week." And I was like, "Oh." don't joke with me like I'm a pretty serious <laughs> customer like <laughs> is this legit or not and he's like no nah, no nah, it's legit and I was so nervous like I rang my parents obviously after that and that was the Saturday but the team got named I think on the Tuesday and I was just so nervous that he was and I didn't want to ask him again you know so like I was so nervous till the Tuesday team naming like because I was told my parents I was like yeah, yeah I'm playing and you know just to hopefully give them time to get across and um, and then when I finally got named I was like oh thank god you know like get to have a chance and um, yeah it was, it was awesome I played about 50 minutes and, and just enjoyed it and I think um, for me the second test is the biggest one because I had to work really hard for that I had to work hard for my first but to get back in after a lot of people wrote me off um, was probably more satisfying you know as a professional sportsman proving people wrong is, is one of your biggest motivators so uh, that meant a lot it was at Wellington and all my family could be there so that was special as well. There's a bit of that though. Everyone always has an opinion on it, and it's generally, and that's everyone's entitled to opinion. But, oh, I attract a but, lot of negative ones. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing. So you just how do you how do you manage just to kind of block that out and just go, you know what? I'm a professional being selected by professionals that do a professional job. Like, how has it got anything to do with anybody else? I think even the best players in the world get it, yeah. and that's how I justify it's it to myself. It's um, like if if I see a player like a Dan Carter getting grief. It doesn't, you know, it just makes me feel a little bit better. It's not just me. Sometimes you can get caught mm. like, oh, it's always me that's getting picked on or rah, rah, but everyone gets it. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be, there's always going to be someone that, you know, doesn't like you. It's just one man's opinion, as, as Rushy always says, is when he first got his all-black test, his dad said it's only one man's opinion, and when he got dropped, said the same thing, it's only one man's opinion. So, um, yeah, it's look, it was a lot challenging when I was younger. Um, I see things a lot differently now. Um but yeah, I think the biggest thing is just reminding yourself even the best players in the world get it. No one's safe from it. What about you, Biggs? There's a great photo of you um, uh, getting the getting or staring deep into the eye sockets of Kieran Reid and getting handed over a cap. Uh, yeah. Do you remember acing his eyes way back in there? <laughs> and, uh, and B, how special was that for you? 
Yeah, it's a pretty special occasion for uh, for myself and, and my family, really, and everyone involved that's helped me out in the past. I think it's more of when, when I made it, it was more like a feeling of, you know, giving back to everyone that's put all the work into me, like my parents and, and my brother and, and all my mentors that have helped me along the way. So I only had a very brief stint since on the game. I think I only played about eight minutes or something. But um, the whole build-up and that was unreal. And just being with the team, J- JP will say the same thing, you know, when, when you're in the environment and that is pretty nerve-wracking. And when you get a shot, you know, it's just your chance to go out there and let it all out. But um, it's 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 a pretty special team to, to be invited to for a short period of time anyway, and then it will be highly cherished. And I guess all the teams that we've been lucky to play for uh, have been similar, you know, like there's... Uh, there's a, a number of friendships that, that I still have today and uh, we'll have for, for a long time through for, for rugby and, and that's probably the best thing about it, hanging with your mates and and, uh, and having a couple of tins after the game, which which all goes back to what we were talking about before, the club footy, and, and still got really close mates from back then as well. So I guess it was all a bit of giving back to everyone and that's that's how it felt for me and, and um, I was a pretty at peace with it, so it was cool. Speaking of giving back, off to Japan you go with uh, Samoa. How good? So that, was, that was a cool experience, eh? So a different, different type of team. Um, a lot, a lot of talent in that team, and then uh, obviously that they don't have the similar structure that the All Blacks have, and and they get they get uh, you know second second place in a lot of things with regards to travel, and once you're there, uh, even small things like Powerade and and um, just just constant getting you know food and that. So they obviously eat a lot as well, but <laughs> <laughs> they are a pretty special team to be a part of. Their culture is probably one of the best with regards to all the boys coming together. From all over the world, really. So they got northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere. Some some boys from the islands that are local, and um, they they come together and, and pretty much off their own backs, and and they they you know they battle away, and, and um, it's, it's a pretty special team to be a part of, and uh, that was an awesome experience. They um they did well, and and a lot of players I think that have played for them will say the same thing. That it's probably one of the coolest co- cultures that they, that you can be in in a team. So and that was an awesome experience. Japan was pretty cool as well. They, you went over there, eh, mate? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. I was a, uh, I was a conduit. I managed to uh, just to report back to the New Zealand fans what it was like to be yeah. in the mixer. <laughs> Boys, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Before, it's a whole another podcast which can't be aired here and will not be. But... Um, Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. The boys, you're obviously doing things right at the moment. Like you've um, a couple of old dogs steering some some new enthusiastic young fellas around, and you boys are a three from three, which is outstanding. And who knows in the future? The last game of uh, Super Rugby is Sunday the 16th versus the Crusaders at Eden Park. So who knows if the stars align? That Oof. could be. That could count. That could be um, for the title. So if it does get that way. Good luck. Good luck for the rest of the season because you lads are going well. And even though I'm a very staunch <laughs> Crusaders supporter, I think so you I can tell by how boring yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 mate. The roller coaster that is a chief supporter, mate. But uh, no, nah, no, nah, look, there for the ride. I, it's a thing that's said often, but it's it's 100 percent true. Um, when the Blues are Blues are playing well, it's better for the comp, and we've got a comp at the moment that is so even. You know, like such a tight game against the Highlanders on the weekend. Every single Saturday or Sunday, you don't know which way the results are going, and that's how you want footy, isn't it? That's the sort of rugby you want to be playing. So, good luck for um, the rest of the competition, um, and appreciate you lads coming in. Cheers, mate. Thanks Cheers for mate. having us. Thanks, lads. Yeah, it's, it's uh, us.